All right, so we're back here on another Washington Football Guys podcast. It's been a while. <laughs> What's going on, Rob? It it definitely has been a while. A lot <laughs> has gone on. Um, my day job took me away for a couple months, but so much went on. Um, also feels like so little has gone on with this team. I expected this team to be a lot more active in free agency, especially with some of the names that were available. Um, i.e., you know, Bobby Wagner. One of our biggest, our biggest holes, you know, is, is always linebacker, especially that middle linebacker position. The fact that Bobby Wagner wasn't even, from what we can tell, wasn't even really thought of, kind of disappointing. But you know, we we may have gotten our quarterback. We'll see. Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of time to think about it and to really look into it. Usually, when when stuff like this happens, we usually do a show within the week, if not you know, 48 hours after something like this happens. Yeah. Um, but this time, the fact that I was gone, it's been, you know, about a month since the trade went down. It's been a, a few weeks since the trade went down. Um, I went from anger to confusion to I don't know anymore. Yeah. I, 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 I totally understand that because, like, and we, you know, we'll start off with Carson Wentz. Because at first, I think initially my first thing was okay. Everybody named Mama knew he was going. He was going to get released, so there yeah. was really no need to jump ship and try to trade, get rid of assets. Obviously, you got rid of a um, you know of a second round pick, which you know, like we're talking about, this draft is definitely going to be a, a good Friday s type of yeah. situation where I think you're going to get a lot of value on on a Friday night compared to to most years and then the money you literally eating 28 million dollars for Carson Wentz for a guy that you put could have got pennies on a dime if you would have waited next week it's almost like I look at it like this this is like buying Easter candy the day before Easter knowing that two days from now the Easter the, the candy gonna be 20 be 50 percent off yeah yeah <laughs> in layman terms so the thing with that, I I would guess is that you know you is that Ron Rivera and and Martin Mayhew bought into the not even really a theory or a notion at this point. It's pretty much scientific fact uh, that vets don't want to come here. You know, Russell Wilson had a no trade clause in his in his contract. Nobody thought he would ever waive that to you know to come to DC. Same with Deshaun Watson. So really, I think it really just came down to we won't have to give up a lot for him because he's probably not going to want to come here anyways. True. So I think that ended up being kind of the the driving factor and just um, you know, um, pulling the trigger and and making the trade because Ron Rivera could not go into you know his third season with a, without a quarterback. He could not go into the season with Taylor Heineke, and you know we we had fun that four week span with 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 Heineke, and it was a blast, and you know we had hope, but you know as we saw it play out, he's not the guy. He's a solid backup. He's exactly what you want in a backup, but you cannot go into year three without your quarterback. You go into year three without a quarterback, you're not getting a year four and five. And we've talked about this. And I think he just needed to get somebody. Obviously, Rodgers went back to Green Bay, which he would have never in his right mind ever came to do. Yeah. 
DC. Wilson gets traded to Denver. You had Watson getting traded to, to Cleveland. You really didn't have any other options other than the draft. And the draft is not a first year thing. You can you can scout somebody all you want. I mean, we look at Jamarcus Russell all the way to Tom Brady. It's not an exact science. We know that. Yep. But I think Rivera just he they, he needed to get somebody, and he got somebody who he feels could be essentially a, a bridge quarterback. Because if we cut, if the team were to cut Wentz before June first of next year, we don't we don't take a cap hit at all. So sure, we pay twenty eight million for this year. You know, we did have to let some some assets go, which I am completely confused about because I feel like a lot of those we could have gotten something for. We could have gotten something for, you know, for Landon Collins, for um, yeah. uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Matt Ioannidis. Could have gotten something for him. The fact that these guys were cut, it it sucks. But again. You know, we just got to trust Ron Rivera at this point. Yeah, and I think I think my big thing was just the assets and actually the, the having his salary at the twenty eight, which will probably will allude to you know probably another topic that we'll talk about um, later on on the show. Where I know people keep on saying was well, the salary cap is a mythical thing. It's but it's real. There's there's a there's a cap number for that. So you yeah. know. Those things do matter in the grand scheme of things. But like I said, I think Carson Wentz, I think even if you get the production that you get from him last year, I think that would be definitely beneficial for the team, Mm -hmm. especially if a guy that has 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, which and almost had 4,000 yards. Just imagine if we would have had that type of production on this team last year, even though we think about it where – and we always talk about what was the biggest thing, don't turn the football over. You know, those yep. turnovers, and especially when we look at that team offensively, hey, you need to take advantage of those of, of turnovers if you receive those and don't give those turnovers away. Because we knew, like, once the offense give over, give a turnover, that's pretty much how we'll lose football games. And you got a guy like Carson Wentz, who I think could um, definitely, um, if he if he stays that 20, um, you know, that uh, 2021 season, and he stayed healthy. That's one thing, too, where this is it's one of the things where it's, it's, it's still the roll of the dice. I know we kind of it's, – it's almost like we talked about how Ryan Fitzpatrick was last year, how we thought he was going to be kind of eerily similar as far as the expectations concerned. So uh, I definitely think with him – and then I think he's going to – I think he has a little bit more of a motivation than Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick at the time knew, hey – this is like kind of like my last hurrah as yeah. far as just in general. I mean, you know, but I think same will go with Carson. I think Carson understands, hey, this might be my last chance as far as being a starter in this league, a, a viable option at the quarterback position. And then you see like what happened the other day with um, Jim Ursay saying that that was, that was a big mistake for them to have him. But I'm like, you guys were sniffing at the playoffs. I mean, even though the Jacksonville thing, you can't blame that on him. You haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. So yeah. uh, who you blame? Phillip Rivers? Who else? Andrew Luck? I mean, you had a lot of guys who played in, in Indianapolis since 2014 that never got a job done against Jacksonville. So you really can't necessarily put pin that on him per se. So I look, I look at that, and if I hear that as a just as just a competitor alone, 
that's gonna piss me off and make and make I want Jim Ursay to eat crow. I want him to really be right. like, oh man, I I really and it's just like you got rid of me for a Matt Ryan, <laughs> you know. So it's like, okay, I see who's laughing now. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the reason why I'm kind of I don't know ish right now on the trade. I don't mind the the picks that we gave up because I think we we swapped second round picks. Yeah, we gave them a third. We gave them another third that can turn into a second. You know, based on whatever if Carson Wentz can meet certain criteria. But I started looking to his numbers. Like you said, thirty five hundred yards. He had sixty two complete, sixty two percent completion percentage, twenty seven to seven touchdown to INT ratio. Which I mean, which you all you really ask of your quarterback is protect the ball. Don't turn it over a whole bunch. Uh, the only note, notable quarterbacks that he threw more interceptions than is Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. All the rest were didn't start a majority of the team's games where they weren't the primary starter. Yeah. Um, ninth in QBR, 10th in touchdowns, 18th in yards. But he played solid. He he had that one, you know, obviously, he's, I don't know if it's recency bias or whatever, the, whatever but you know, the first thing I thought about was you couldn't beat Jacksonville to get into the playoffs. The worst team in the league, and I get it. They're, everybody's in the NFL. They're all they're all ballers in the NFL. I get that, but you could not beat Jacksonville, the worst team in the league, whose coach not at that time he had been fired already, but whose coach for the majority of the season didn't know who the hell Aaron, Aaron Donald was, <laughs> and you couldn't beat them just to get into the playoffs. You didn't need help from anybody else. It was a win and end situation, and you couldn't do that. But, like I said, it, at the end of the day, it's still our team. We're still going to – I don't want him to fail. I hope he does resurrect that 2017 season, that MVP caliber season. And this past season was only the third time out of his six seasons that he's played all he, – he played all the games, or he started all the games. He did it his rookie season. He played all 16. Um, and then 2019, I believe, he played all 16 games. Yep, 2019. And then this year. The other three seasons, he he's he's missed games. Yeah. And another yeah. thing, I don't I don't remember who brought it up, but he's never had a thousand yard receiver. He's never had a true number one receiver. True. When he was in Philly, his Best receiver, you can argue, outside of actual, I'm talking actual receiver, not Zach Ertz, not the pass-catching tight end. His actual receiver was Nelson Aguilar. Um, I don't remember. I don't even remember who else he had. And he led a, a bunch of nobodies and beat Dallas on, I think, su- a Sunday night or a Monday night to get into the playoffs to yep. win the division with bum receivers. You look at who he had in Indianapolis. You know, Michael Pittman Jr., he's good in his own right. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a top player in the league. T.Y. Hilton is a shell of himself, of what of what he used to be with Andrew Luck. He's never – oh, yeah, the corpse, the corpse of Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Like, yeah. th- this has been his – what he's had to work with. And, and especially for us, all the times I've gotten into it with Walker about receivers, top receivers in the 2019 draft class, one thing I always talk about is Terry McLaurin has never had somebody consistent to throw to him. Carson Wentz has never had good receivers to throw to. Exactly. I mean, I, I hope, again, I hope he does resurrect his career and he does end up being our guy for the next 10, 12, 15 years. 
And and this will be end up being one of the best trades this team. And this team is not known for trades being on the good end. We're known for trades and free agent signing. Not 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 in the way we want to. We're known for Albert Hainsworth and Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith. Like if 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 they can get right with Carson Wentz and he can stay healthy and he can produce like he did in 2017, maybe, maybe trade back and get a couple more first round picks. I'm seeing Drake London and a lot of mock drafts at 11. Um, maybe my boy, maybe get most boy, uh, Chris Olave at 11, like get him one more weapon. There's no reason he can't succeed. And, and you're right. He does have that chip on his shoulder. Saying, look at what I did in 2017, and you can make the argument that well, that was a team because Nick Foles came in and did exactly what you did, went and won a Super Bowl. He got his statue up, and and I, I know Carson Wentz has to feel some type of way about that. Yeah, he led that team for the first what 12, 13 games of that season. Yeah, and then this guy comes and gets a statue because he finished off what I put y'all in position to go and do. Um, so he definitely has a chip on his shoulder, and I hope he. Use that to his advantage, and I hope that he, I'll be balls out, and and we're playing in an NFC Championship game this year. Yeah, and that's and that's really the goal. And you know, we just look at it from that standpoint of especially now, hoping in theory that we'll have consistency at the quarterback position. That's the thing I think. You know, that's the thing we talked about. Um, you know, after the season ended the situation that really, I think that really killed us. I mean, at the end, I mean, you look at, you know, we went, like we talked about it, you know, our, you know, our COVID quarterback ended up catching COVID and end up, we end up getting a Gary Gilbert off the street. Right. Pretty much, you know, he's, you know, on a Thursday, like a night like tonight, he got a call, he's, you know, babing his child and say, hey, you need to be in Ashburn by 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. And you expect this man was going to be able to, to suit up and, and, and play decently on a Tuesday night? No. So, you know, those type of things, people don't, you know, those things, you look at those situations and you're like, you know, if we just had, you know, better quarterback play and, you know, and we're looking at Carson Wentz numbers, it's, it's a welcome commodity at this point. So, you know, like I said, he could be the, the gap guy. Like you said, it could be a situation, hey, they may want to just – they may want to get a quarterback at 11 potentially. Or, mm-hmm. what you know, it's they, they have options. I put it that way. And, you know, they just did what they had to do. And it's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's very just interesting. I know initially I hated it. But then a part of me is like, especially you seeing how all the quarterbacks kind of fell into play. Where it's almost like, <laughs> and that's the thing where you look at it from that standpoint, it's just like the quarterback market really dried up because I figured it was yeah. going to be a lot of dominoes going to be into place, but it really, really dried up. I think once, you know, you've seen the, the, what you had to get for Russ. And then we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be on the board. I know we, I talked about Mr. Trubisky. Um, you know, him potentially coming here, but now, you know, he goes to Pittsburgh, but a lot of this stuff, you know, you know, we thought Jimmy G was going to be on the move and now you look at him, he's staying pat. And, you know, so it's just one of those things where I think initially I was like, we could do better, but then you seen once all the smoke clearing, it's almost like it was, it's, it was a desperation mode 
which yeah. you just had to, you, it's almost like I understand the process now. I think initially I was like, nah, this, this, this ain't cool. But then you're like, I mean, all the dominoes that fell, fell. And a lot of pieces really didn't move that we anticipated. So, I mean, you had to go for what was uh, at the time, the be- better, the best available. Yeah. And again, a couple of thirds, third and second. I- yeah. I mean, it will end up, it could end up being, you know, one of the greatest trades in, in this team's history. You know, again, if he does go back to that 2017 form, it yeah. ends up leading us to an NFC title game in his first few years, a Super Bowl appearance, something like that. You know, I'm not going to go out, I'm not going to go out and start, you know, guaranteeing Super Bowl victories and putting money on them. Although I, I probably should, I should see what, what the odds are looking like for a Super Bowl appearance for this team. You know. Um, yeah, gotta be at like plus 1500, I think. Yeah, what do uh, some future bets? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bring it up right now, but but yeah, it could end up like <laughs> could end up being one of the best trades in this in this team's history. And you know, people will make fun of the name all they want. I'm still hearing stuff about it to this day. I'm about, oh, like the name, like right, give it a rest. I'm, like I'm, I'm just like I'm to a point where I I have really have embraced it. I know when we did the show the first, you know, February two two twenty two. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm gonna roll with it. it. I'm just like, hey, you know, and I even had like a nickname. I'm I'm couch coach the commander, so I'm CCPC. Yeah. So I'm cool with it. I'm like to me, it's just like and it, and it's I, I want that identity. That was my biggest thing was just to form the identity. I know I was on one of the shows, and they asked me what was it, what was your biggest offseason wish. I was like, I just want an identity. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because everything else will fall into place. So that's the thing. So you know, a new name, a new everything. So have you ever have you seen the draft hits? I did. Don't I don't me. like it. They're trash. I, I don't like it. I don't. I do not like. I, I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to look kind of old school, the vintage. But no, I don't like them. You failed them. I know. And I was like, because it was funny because I think I was on another show and everybody was, you know, as far as like how I feel about the bands. Like I was like, once we create memories and create things like our draft head, I was like, oh, when Roger Goodell said with the 11th pick in the 2022 NFL draft to watch the Commanders select. You know, that's when I, you know, that's when, you know, you, you'll buy into it a little bit more. But I'm still, you know, I love the name, but at the same token, till we get those kind of moments. But yeah, I was like, I don't, they missed the mark on that one, especially with the, with the, you know, the, the, the white Washington and then the, the red commanders. I'm like, mm. yeah, I'm not a fan of it like at that. all. Me not like that. <laughs> Me not a fan of that. So, staying with Carson Wentz. So, obviously, you know, um, former our former quarterback Alex Smith. So he went on. Uh, let's see, he went on a Rich Asin show, and it, and Rich Asin asked him pretty much, "Hey, any advice to give the new quarterback um, Carson Wentz?" As far as that, so pretty much he's saying, "Hey." Essentially, in Cliff Notes' version, basically he just needs to ignore the noise, noise meaning everything that's going on in the front office and everything else that's going around, circling around the team. And also he went on to say, um, 
I think that's what great organizations eliminate, and the bad ones have a hard time with it, and all the noise creeps into the building. Um, and obviously saying that in theory that Washington is a, is a bad environment, hence, you know, him just, you know, it's just pretty much, you know, staying away from the noise and just keep focus. Um, your thoughts on Alex Smith's thoughts on um, the organization in its, in its entirety, pretty much. He's 100% correct. Yeah. That, that is what the good organizations do. You look at all the stuff that the Patriots have gone through, you know, prior to Brady leaving for the last 20, for those 20 years, you're talking, you know, Spygate, Deflate Gate, Kraft, you know, uh, Robert Kraft going to massage parlors in Florida. All this stuff that kept coming up with that organization, they found ways to block it out, to just get through it, deal with it in their own way, and they're winning Super Bowl. Yep. Here we have, you know, an owner who has been accused by I don't even know anymore how many women of sexual assault, sexual harassment, workplace environment, you know, toxic workplace environment. Him saying, you know, I'm I'm stepping away from the team. I'm not involved in day-to-day activities, yet being everywhere in the day-to-day activities around the team. And then doesn't help that the commissioner is out there saying, Yeah, he he's not involved in the day-to-day. Like this dude's at the facilities every single day. Like that is the the definition of day-to-day activities um and we're just, we're just this team's just not this team yeah. but the the nfl's just letting it happen and as long as dan snyder is the owner i'm confident in saying this team will never really reach a pinnacle because yeah. there will always be something with him there's always some other news somebody else that he you know sexually harassed or was some type of way too initious yeah it's it's the truth yeah um yeah. you look at even I'm trying to think even like the Packers, they're they're there's not really any drama with the Packers, even though there's no there's not really an owner. They're publicly um they're publicly owned, but still they they their biggest drama is Aaron Rodgers every offseason. And we've seen for the last three, four years they've they've figured that out. Um yeah, Mo, I, I literally bought this the night that the, the the name changed as me and coach were doing the show yeah. Yeah. i was on this monitor yeah. with the show i had my other monitor fanatic was up on <laughs> about two something on on march i got this a short sleeve a long sleeve and then the jersey that i have to wear now. But, but yeah I, I wasted zero time um yeah. yeah i i the only thing i wish that alex smith would have done differently though mm-hmm. take the stuff while you're still playing you know, if it was if it was really that bad, you know, bring it up in, in at the moment. And I know it's hard when you're getting paid by them. Um, we we just saw which we haven't even got to talk about, which um I'll kind of talk about it a little bit later, is the whole RG three the books the book situation now. Oh, yeah. So like that was supposed to be like my summer reading plan and now that's gone so now i have nothing to read this summer if i really read much anyways but like when you're getting paid by somebody that's when you should be speaking up that's when you should be bringing stuff up um yeah nothing wrong with what he said at all i'm glad he said it you know the more that people talk about it um hopefully the more that it'll kind of start to hopefully drive dan snyder into 
or not just Dan Snyder, but the owners, the other 31 owners or 30 owners to say, hey, you, you need to get out of it. You need to sell the team. You don't belong here. But again, I think it's because Dan Snyder has so much dirt on on all the owners. I think they're all up yeah. to something. They're all doing something together. And I think that's ultimately yeah. what it boils down to. Yeah, so two things. So yeah, and like you said, I, like you said, and I think it's the only thing because they're they're not they are not gonna they're they're not gonna get rid of him because he's gonna go rogue because they're all in a and he's he's good for their business. So that's the thing where like people don't and you know he's never gonna you know he's you know they I know in the two bowl they were talking about like you know they're gonna try to find a way to get rid of Daniel Snyder, but I'm like you that's that's not gonna happen. Like you said, and if because he needs to have a majority of the owners, his peers have to vote him out, and they're not going to vote him out because, like you say, they are they are part of a old boys network, the country club boys. They do stuff, and guess what? If you go out me, trust me, I'm, I'm leaving. People gonna be, you know. If you think what Stephen Ross, you think what what he's allegedly he's doing, oh yeah, there's probably there's where there's smoke. Oh, there's an explosion oh, behind course. it. So they're not going to out him out. And then the whole thing of him, he's not a part of day of the day, bro. We've been talking about this. We've had this show for damn near a year. We've heard that phrase all this all ever since we did the show in June. Every day-to-day activity that we've seen throughout this whole entire season, he's been around. He's been at games. He was there when Sean Taylor's jersey was retired. He was there when the name on on two two twenty two. Any everything that happened between in the twenty twenty one season, he was there. So this whole thing and telling us that he's not a part of day-to-day operations, he's there. That's just like you being fired from a job, but you're at the daily meeting every day. Don't feed us that. And that's and that and like you said, that goes to almost to Alex Smith's point where that that's another thing where it's just like, why would somebody want to be a part of this if in in these type of circumstances where it's just like you got an owner where a lot of these things that we're talking about. Like and we and it's crazy thing about we really ain't even touched the stuff that's off the field, right? That's the thing where we, you know, and generally that's some that's some that's been like one of the biggest clouds going over this organization, you know, from the jump. So you think to yourself, like, you know, especially now in this in the world that we live in, and just how the nature of you know, these claim stuff. And this could be devastating to a point where you just never know what else is going to come down the turnpike. I think that's the thing. And, and I remember, you know, prior to us doing this show, we did a show maybe, I want to say maybe about, a, about almost a little over a year ago and about the report and what was going to come out of it. We, you know, it was a lot of speculation going behind that. And then we were walking on eggshells about that in theory last year. So, and you, and you still feel that way when you hear something else come up about this scene, because like, okay, yeah. what's next? Like, is this going to be over? Like, is this, you know, I, it, it, the investigation, you're hearing, 
you know, accounts of other people. And it's just like, you, you know, you think about, you know, the victims in this situation, especially, you know, the, you know, the young women's that, you know, like they were coming out of college and you think to yourself, like, you know, those type of situations, they were kind of, they were forced their hand because if they didn't comply in a sense, their career is over at, at 22, 23 years old. So you think to yourself, like, that's just, it's, it's bizarre. But, you know, I'm not really going to go into the brass sex, all that stuff. But well, I got to tell you a funny story. And it's kind of off the thing. So I, I saw, I, I saw RG3 at the combine. I didn't say nothing, right? Because I, I, I said, I said something kind of abrasive about him on, on Couch Coach Live, maybe like a week or two prior to that. I think, when Mike McDaniel got hired, I brought up the situation like with him and Cal and all that. And so I was like, I'm not going to be like, oh man, what's up, man? And then be like a black China and be like a, a blatant liar. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to get my car pulled like black channel. So I, you know, I became a man, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a man of my word. Hey, I did talk some trash to him. I'm not going to act like I'm, you know, buddy, buddy and be like, then pull that, pull my car like that. Yeah. You know, so I asked, I ran to him at the combine, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't speak to him or nothing. I, you know, I just nodded and whatever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, this ain't a good look. Cause we, and it's funny cause I literally was just talking about him prior, maybe like two weeks prior to going to the combine when, you know, when uh, Mike McDaniel got hired mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to uh, Miami, but yeah. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> that's wild. But um, so real quick, real quick, yeah. I they have right now uh, the Commanders are plus fifty four hundred to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, plus twenty six hundred to um, win the NFC Championship game, plus four hundred to win the division, and the one I really like, just because. The low risk, high reward. Carson wants to win MVP plus ten thousand. Hmm. So I'm looking at seventy five on each of them. You're paying a thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars. Hmm. So a measly wild. little three hundred, little three hundred dollar bet. Oh. I mean, close to fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, even if it's just the Carson Wentz one, win, that's that's the I only know. one I would want to win. That would be yeah, that that would be a hell of a futures bet. Like yeah. <laughs> you would literally strike gold. You couldn't, you know, tell tell us nothing. But yeah, right. yeah, it's crazy. But um, it's funny. So one of the kind of the biggest off season moves I think potentially for this team. Um, is actually the re-sign of J.D. McKissick. Um, uh, initially, um, he signed to Buffalo. He pretty much was everybody was saying goodbyes to him. Yeah. And then, you know, the commander swooped in 11th hour and matched it. And uh, J.D. said, hey, I didn't want to leave. And he got his um, got his deal. So um, your thoughts on uh, McKissick staying with us? Yeah, it was weird. All right, because obviously, like everybody else, we saw the reports at first saying he agreed to terms with with Buffalo and was going to go there. 
of course I was upset because he was he was a, a real asset. He helped us a lot, you know, the, the short time that Antonio Gibson was out. Um, and then I remember I think the next day scrolling through Facebook and seeing that he had re-signed. Mm-hmm. Um, from my understanding, Washington didn't even offer him initially. Yeah. They didn't they didn't offer him a contract, nothing. They just saw what Buffalo was giving him or was willing to give him, and they figured, oh, we can afford that. Let let's just let's see what we can do, and offered him the same exact, uh, same exact contract, same year, same money, same guaranteed, everything, everything the exact same, and and he chose to stay, which I thought was pretty cool. You know how we just talked about free agents don't want to come here. You know, um, people with no trade clauses, they're not willing to waive that to come here to come play for this dysfunctional organization, this terrible owner that we have. Uh, the fact that not only did somebody want to stay, but want to stay bad enough that they had an offer from somebody else, and all this team had to do was match it. And that was enough to get him to stay, and I think that's a testament to Ron Rivera and the regime that he's running, and I think he really has the respect of these players. Um, and it makes me feel really good about um, uh, Terry McLaurin coming up. I know that we're about to get into that a little bit um, I think shortly after this, but that I think it, it sets up nicely and it and it kind of bodes well for that possibility. Yeah. Um, I give him a lot of kudos for him because like because to me, I was uber excited for Buffalo. I was like, this could be a a Super Bowl. A I call it a Super Bowl S type of acquisition that can help them propel mm-hmm. them going forward. I was like, you get a guy like a JD McKissick, you've already had struggle in the run game. You got a guy who can run, pat, you know, get get out the backfield, all kinds of you have a versatile running back. So that's one thing I think can help like a guy like a Josh Allen and help that running game. I was like, Phew. like I was like, this this could be a this could be a move that could put Buffalo in the Super Bowl, could put them going to Arizona next year. But yeah, but kudos to JD for staying. I'm like, because to me, I thought that you know he left. I think to me, that was a great opportunity that he left. You know, as far as um, you know, getting an offer from Buffalo. So to me, for him wanting to come back, that speaks volume. Like I said, to your point, it speaks volumes to this team, and it speaks volumes to Coach Rivera, Coach King, and everything, and everybody else on the staff. When you look at it from the standpoint of he went from a situation that he, you know, he could have been the missing link on a Super Bowl contending team and decided to come here and ride it out. And what yeah. that, you know, to come back and ride it out here. So I look at that as such a, that's a promising move. Like I said, like I teased it earlier, this might have been one of the biggest moves in the offseason for Washington. Yeah. Because you know, he really passed up an opportunity, I think a golden opportunity for him, um, you know, to, to stay here. So I, I definitely applaud him. And like you said, it's kind of one of those where you look at it from the standpoint of this could be a move that we look at and be like, this could be like the turning point where a lot of people, um, you know, a situation where I definitely thought he would have been able to flourish especially with him, you know, Singletary and all those guys at the, at the running back position in, in Buffalo. So and for him to want to come stay here, that's a hell of a commitment. And that's one of the things where you look at it, hey, there is, you know, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. 
that guys actually want, like you said, guys want to stay here. Guys want to actually uh, be a part of what's going on here. So it's definitely, um, definitely a great move. I'm ecstatic on both ends. I was excited for Buffalo initially, but then when he wanted to come back, I was shocked. I was like, oof. I'm thankful that you came back. <laughs> like, yes, don't. Me too. <laughs> I was like, when that happened, I was like, he really? He wants to come back? I was like, yes. Like, yes. I was like, man, I was, I was like, oh, man, he wants to come back. Come on. Let's give him an ink pen. Bring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely um, a good move. So, this is, and you know, and another thing, you know, the, you know, when people say um, yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, you know, we went on the air last episode was February 2nd, 2222. So a lot has changed from the wide receiver position. So, you know, we looked at, I remember um, on my, on Couch Coach Live, we broke the story about Christian Kirk getting a four year, $72 million. You had Devontae Adams um, went to Green Bay. I'm not Green Bay, but we went to Oakland. Uh, not Oakland. Vegas. $141 million contract. And I think Green Bay received first and second round picks. And then Tyreek Hill, today's price, I mean, yesterday's price is today's price. The Dolphins got him for an extension for four years, $120 million, and and end up um, giving the Kansas City Chiefs five picks. So there will be a market for Terry McLaurin. Oh, yeah. So, and it looks like he's going to probably be, if if you're looking at it from just, you look at Devontae's getting almost, you know, 28.5 a year annually. And then Tyreek getting 30. So you're looking at maybe the number at 20 to 22 million potentially a year. So what are we gonna do with Terry? <laughs> gonna resign him. Yeah. I'm Dan Snyder or Tanya Snyder because you know he's not Dan isn't day involved day, in the day to day. Um you go to him, you hand him a check. That only has his name written on it. Correct. And you tell him, fill in that, put in whatever number you want. Yeah. Because this goes back to what we were literally just talking about and the fact that Carson Wentz has never had a true number one receiver. And if he's going to succeed here, the best way for him to do that is to have a true number one receiver. And Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, I don't believe is that right now, nor will he ever be a true number one. Um, even if you were to draft a Chris Olave or Drake London, there's no guarantee that they will become true number one receivers. You have a true number one receiver, which we have not had. I'm trying to think, mm. when was the last time we had a true a true number one receiver? 
a exactly. top ten receiver in the league. Oh boy, our no, let me stop. I mean, I, I you know what I say it as a joke. You think about it because you look at Garcon, he's really like more so like a two. D Jack, mm-hmm. they were like kind of one A, one one A, one B. Um, how I I mean you don't, I mean you know I say it as a joke probably is Art Monk. Art Monk. I mean right. honestly because I mean he, I mean Michael Westbrook, uh, he was a, he was a good wide receiver but he won't like a like a, almost like an All Pro but he was a he was a one but he won't like a you know like like to fit your criteria that you you know that you that you that you that you're speaking on. Yeah, it's probably Art Monk. I mean yeah. honestly, seriously. I mean, because we, yeah, because you think about Terry was our first 1,000 yard receiver since a guy in that, like since 1994 or something like that. It was something, it was something bizarre. I, I don't even know who the guy name was, which is so crazy. So the fact that we finally have a true number one receiver, a top 10 receiver in the league, you can argue top five. Yep. You need to keep him. Yep. Carson Wentz needs all the weapons that he can, that he, ha- that he can get. And add more, and so again, you give Terry McLaurin, you give him a blank check, and you let him fill in the number. Yeah, because yeah. I said I, I always said the first the first thing that we should have done was to sign him to a long term deal, because even now you look at just the market that that is happening. If you let this sit, what's going to happen next year? You you want him to walk walk? So to me. You take care. Of, you take care of him. I mean, because yeah. he's he's that's the thing where I think people really, you know, he's outplayed his contract like yeah, exponentially. So it's okay. almost like you're getting twenty. You've been getting almost fifteen to twenty million dollars of production from him over the last three years. <laughs> he, even when he was paying them, you know, that base. I think he may get like a million or so. So he's he's. He's getting his money's worth. You've already got his money's worth. It's time for him to get paid. And that's the thing where you have to get like you and I know I know everybody was talking about all, you know during the season, like, oh, he's wasting his best years. No, it's his years are best to come. Like every 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 wide receiver not gonna gonna um you know have a situation where you know they're gonna have the best situation, but he he's making the situation better. That's the thing where I think that's what I hate where everybody said, well, he's, you know, he's wasting his time here. No, he's established himself as a good wide receiver. And that's the thing you want, especially a guy like him. He doesn't have that, that diva mentality. He's a, he has a workman's at um, workman's mm-hmm. attitude. He just goes out there. He works hard. He's, you know, he supports his teammates. He's a leader. He's a guy that you want on this team, regardless of, the Evans and flows. I'm like, dude, he's he was a part of the 2019 team. I don't think it's ever gonna get as worse as three and thirteen at this point. So right. to me, he was a part of it. And like, you know, so to me, I you keep like you said, you give him a blank check, you give him what he wants. Because honestly, at the end of the day, so you that's the thing about all of this. You want these guys, you're gonna have to pay for them. And like, and that's it's like all of it. Like, like I hear Bashadi complaining about Lamar Jackson, and what complaining about Deshaun, um, Deshaun Watson getting that deal in Cleveland. He's like, he's making it bad for everybody else. It, it is what it is. NFL market. Don't be successful. 
This is what happens when you're a billion dollar, you're a billion dollar entity. Stuff like this is gonna happen. So either you know what you're gonna do about it, and the same thing go with Terry. Because okay, you let Terry walk, then what you're gonna do? You gonna get somebody else, and then guess what's gonna happen with them? They're gonna want money. But I'd rather give it to a guy like a Terry, who I know is a leader on and off this field. Like he's a guy that I would wanna that I know for certain he's going to get his money's worth. He's going to be a leader of this team. He's going to be a guy that's always going to show up. He's going to be a guy that if you, especially for an organization like this, that's, that's, has, that's sketchy. You want a guy, a stand-up guy like a Terry McLaurin. Like you, he's worth the price of what he, what he commands because he has intangibles that goes, you know, that's beyond the football field. You want that. And like you said, and even I think like and I just I can't wait for the Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin connection because even he said, man, I, I wanted to throw you, throw you football, you know, when I you know when I first you know seen you a few years ago, like I, I wanted to throw footballs to you. So it's like, hey, and people, and, and that's the thing where you know you you get a guy like him who isn't like like the Tyree Kills. We're not saying. I mean, as far as just the whole bravado, and that's nothing wrong with what Tyreek Hill does. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. He's doing his thing, you know, the peace thing. That's cool and all. That's fine. But we got a guy that's unlike that, that's undiva-like. And it's trying to be a diva at the wide receiver position. Don't get it. I don't want to miss my words, but I'd rather have a guy like a Terry. I know Terry's going to be there. Terry's reliable. Terry's a leader. And you need somebody, and you know you need somebody like that on your team. I don't care how bad this team will get, but that, like I said, they'll never get as bad as 2019. 2019 was rock bottom. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Yeah, 2019 was. If you could get lower than rock bottom, that that's what 2019 that's was for yeah. us. Um, and and the highs have really haven't been much higher than that. Yeah. But yeah, he he was on that team. He showed flashes. We've known he was gonna be, he was gonna be a good player. Um, ironically, he's partially here because of Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Dwayne Haskins was drafted, that's the first thing he tweeted out was "Go get me, go get me my guy," which they did. Yep. And uh, you know, only one of yep. them is still here. Yeah, but yeah, they they got to resign him. Um. I still would say get somebody in, you know, probably on a day two, get get another, maybe add one or two more receivers, you know, give a little bit more options and, and you know, see where, where Curtis Samuel is at the start of the season. Yeah. And we still, we're still paying him quite a bit of money to, you know, for three catches a season. So maybe, maybe this rehab will, will maybe yeah. if he's rehabbing this off season, it'll get him right and he'll be able to be a true number two and, Take a lot of that off of uh, Terry McLaurin, and then you throw someone like a Drake London or a Chris Olave in there as a as a second, you know, wide out. You keep Curtis Samuel in the slot. You put a second true speed guy at wide out on the other side, and you know, give Carson Wentz give Carson Wentz time. That's going to be another thing. Is this offensive line? We don't have Brandon Sheriff anymore. Let go of Eric Flowers, which I still don't understand. Yeah. Um, you know, and but you just gotta work with what you got. You gotta give Carson Wentz an opportunity, and I think with Terry McLaurin, he's this is the best opportunity he's gonna have in his career. If he doesn't make it here, then he's 
like you said, he's he's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, he'll be done um, if if this doesn't work out for him. And like you said, th- that's the thing where if you look at it just from that from that standpoint of you know Curtis Samuel, which I think in theory they had me messed him up. I think he kind of came back too early. That's the thing when I and I. I get it, and I I understand like as far as hey I need to get back on this field, but then he has some set, he has some setbacks with that hammy. So hopefully he'll come in healthy and do his thing. And then I still haven't lost hope on Deami Brown. That's another guy who I'm hoping could do something as well. Like if you can get him in, um, and, and he and he could get some stuff going. He had a he had like a somewhat a, he had a few catches this year. I definitely thought he was gonna get. Um, some touchdowns this year, but um, obviously that didn't that didn't really pan out. He had a, a nice catch against Dallas. I remember. Yeah. I think it might have been his only reception, <laughs> but I don't you know. But I'm still holding out hope for him um, potentially. But like you said, if you you know, and there's and that's the thing with the wide receiver. This is a, a nice class of wide receivers. You know, if you want to get one Thursday night. Okay, you you know you got a bevy of those on Thursday night, and then like you said, we got um, a bargain third, you know, second second third round picks in on Friday night. I think are going to be you know guys who you know you know by potentially drop have first round grades, and you can get them you know pretty much pennies on a dollar on Friday. So yeah. that's the hope. I think Friday's always. I always look at Friday as almost like the. I don't want to dump the dives more for Saturday, but this is more so looking at a clearance rack and be like, oh, this is this is uh 50 cents off the dollar. Okay, let's let's grab this, you know. So, yeah. you know, more so exactly. so yeah, so dumps the diving this Saturday. Uh clearance bin is on Friday. So <laughs> and then the, the front the 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 uh the the door bus is on Thursday. So right. look at from a retail perspective. <laughs> but but yeah. I, I really like someone like Chris Olave on the other side. Yeah, I, yeah I like learn. that. Yeah. Well, I know we're gonna have a nice little if this happens, we have a little Ohio State uh mid-Atlantic. <laughs> and we might we might just have to get Mo uh, a couple jerseys. Yeah, we have to, yeah, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to uh show some love to some buckeyes. Yeah. On uh yeah. Hey, it's only right because I remember when they had Ryan Switzer, and I like, oh, I was like, bro, <laughs> I was, oh, I, I was like, when he got, I'm saying when he got moved, I was so happy. I was like, good, I ain't got a root, I ain't got a, I can root for him completely. I thought he, I knew for sure he was gonna, I thought for sure he was gonna be like the next, like um, Cole Beasley, and was gonna torch us like Cole Beasley used to do us, but. You know, thank goodness that didn't happen on our end, but but yeah. So that being said, I'll put a boat on this week's Washington football guys pod. Uh any any final thoughts before we head on out? Um, it's been fun. It's been a while since we got to do our show. I've been gone. Um yeah. about to leave again in about a month, unfortunately. But after that, I'm done. I'll be able to We'll be hitting this head on. Um, we got what? What do we got coming up? The draft show that we're doing on the twenty eighth, yeah. hosted by your boy once again for the second straight year. I'm excited for that. I have a lot of catching up to do 
as far as draft coverage and draft prospects. I got a lot of catching up to do, which I plan on. And then, man, I'm probably going to put out a, a, a solo podcast tomorrow. Record one. I'm gonna try to record record one tomorrow. I really want to talk about that RG3 book that now will never be and we'll never know. <laughs> I was very upset when I heard that, but other than that, draft coverage. Shout out to Off the Ball, you know, allowing me to still be a part of this team, even though I was gone for a whole two months and contributed literally nothing. Um, it's always good to to come back home and be welcomed once again, you know, so easily. Uh, so definitely go check out. I've I've been keeping up with what everybody's been putting out, Coach Mo, um, Prez. Everybody's been putting out dope content, especially with the draft coming up. It's, it's kind of our time to, it's for us football guys. We got to kind of compete with the NBA guys. They're getting ready for the playoffs and getting a lot of the attention. So we really got to. The way I've been hitting the draft has been crazy, um, but yeah, it's been fun. Can't wait till uh, the next show whenever that is. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it'll be soon. It'll be hopefully it'll be next week or so. Okay. So yeah, but um, yeah, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on the Couch Coach Lab. It's somewhat somewhat of a hiatus. Life happens. There, you know, new new uh, zip code, new you know, new situation. So hey, you know, now I think kind of back into the fold. Um, now in my uh, now in my home now. So you know, a newer home. So. We, you know, get it all back together. I'm still working on some stuff um, behind the scenes, try to um, do some more like local sports coverage. Um, So try to get that kind of squared away. We'll kind of iron all that type of stuff out. Um, I think we'll have a show tomorrow night, potentially. We'll do some stuff tomorrow night and then go back on our regular schedule programming next week. Um, So, yeah, like you said, a lot lot has happened, a lot has changed, but hey, we are back. The Washington Football guys are back. And um, yeah. So um for the guys, Rob and Couch Coach the Commander. Um we, we catch you catch you guys next week, man. This has been this week's Washington Football Guys podcast, and we out.